Are you thinking of starting your own podcast? Well, that's great. You totally should. And you should use Anchor. If you haven't already heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make your podcast. Let me explain. First of all, it's free. Yay. Second, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Next, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and many more, so you don't have to do any of that work yourself. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make your podcast, but most importantly, it's all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm, that's A-N-C-H-O-R.fm, to get started. Happy podcasting! Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Hanging with Harry. Today, we're going to be talking sports, which is probably something you have not heard a lot about recently, which is exactly why we need to bring it back into the conversation, because we do have things going on in the sports world. And today, my guest is my good friend, Brock Hendricks. He works at Staples Center. He knows all about the sports. Uh, Brock, hello. Thank you for joining me. Harry, thanks for letting me hang with you. I think that's the best intro I've ever gotten is he knows all the sports he knows all the sports i know all the sports i have all the best sports do i need to say anything more no uh uh, just uh, my life is sports i'm sports af basically like that's that's yeah that's basically it the best way to describe me so yeah thanks for having me man I, i appreciate it of course thanks for joining so um for those of you who don't know brock uh brock do you want to talk a little bit about what you do for work yeah so i i work for the staples center i negotiate the private suite leases and the premium products. Um, I sell and negotiate deals with businesses for the Lakers, the the Clippers, the Kings, the Sparks, and all the concerts and events that happen at, at Staples Center. So when I say I'm sports AF, like literally I mean- You I are. <laughs> so when sports shuts down like it has, it not only affects just our entertainment and selfishly as a fan, you know, you don't have the sports that you normally love and care, but it actually has affected- every piece of my life because I'm so wrapped up and invested in sports from a career standpoint, from a personal standpoint. So, you know, if we, if uh, we don't get the Lakers back soon, I literally might go crazy and <laughs> I might go broke. So who knows? Suddenly have a lot of time to talk about podcasts now, you know? And I'm also loving the Lakers t-shirt with the three Broncos logos behind you as well. I'm I'm in my dad's office recording this. So for those who can't see, I, uh, my dad is is the biggest Bronco fan I know, and we just got him a Peyton Manning signed jersey, and he put it up in his office. So I've been doing Zoom calls for work with that in the background for the last month, and it always gets a always gets a nice rise. It's so great. Trying to surround myself with sports. For All me. right. So my first question is kind of about your work life right now. But are you able to work from home? And if you are, what is that like for you? Yeah. So, I mean, my job is in, in sales, so it's a tough, this is a bad climate to be asking people for money. And especially with the way that our teams do it, it's a very high volume, high expense product. So it's an amazing business tool, but it's a tough thing to ask people to buy right now. So as far as that goes in that aspect of my job, it's been difficult, but you can still do a lot of the day-to-day things. I can still email clients and prospects. I can still communicate with my team through Zoom, through text. We use Microsoft Teams, which has been really helpful. So a lot of the day-to-day stuff we've been able to to keep up, but it's definitely going to be an interesting climate to see how this all affects the economy. And, you know, when things get back to normal, I guess really the question is how soon can they get 
back yeah. to normal. But the opti- the optimistic thing, you know, the, the the take we all have spread within each other with uh, the whole Staples Center staff has just been when things return to normal. I think America will will certainly use sports as a clutch. Yeah, I they, they yeah will, I completely agree. They will be hopefully be able to rally around, and it'll make things feel like it's a little bit back to normal now that sports are there, and hopefully it's some kind of optimist because optimistic piece because if anything that's all sports are for just to give us a little hope and rally exactly uh okay so obviously this situation is really tough for everyone but here at hanging with harry we try to keep things positive we're trying to look at the bright side so how do you think athletes are trying to cope with what's going on and maybe make some good out of it as much as they can yeah, there are in, – in a very odd time in our country, there is some positives out of this. And some of those positives are you suddenly have a lot of free time, whoever you are, whether you're Trevor Bauer, the pitcher for the Cincinnati Reds, or you are Blake Snell, the pitcher for the Tampa Bay Rays. All of a sudden, you've just inherited all this free time where your one job is to throw a ball. Well, now all of a sudden you can't do that, so what do you do with 24 hours in a day? Mm-hmm. And we're seeing a lot of these players use that free time to basically – accentuate their brand and yeah. talk about themselves and so we've seen blake snell is a very interesting one he has started an interview series where he will call up other major league baseball players and talk to them about what they're doing during this yes i've seen it it's really good some of the very interesting things are we're seeing him interview a lot of the people the players that he has to pitch against right so he's asking them what what is it that i do that you can't handle almost using this as market research it's very interesting <laughs> yeah it is Trevor Bauer is a pitcher for the Cincinnati Reds who had a, a situation where last year he was traded from Cleveland midseason to Cincinnati. Right. So there's a couple of things that are very interesting about that. One, he, his very last moment pitching for the Indians, he, he essentially had a n- little bit of a nervous breakdown. And when the, when the head coach came to take him out of the game, instead he took the ball. And he threw, threw it, it over the fence. <laughs> and he talked. He has used a podcast and some and some social media forms to talk about that, which is a very interesting story, and basically cleared the air about that. And then he also talks about what it's like just to stay in Ohio. He goes, the nice part is I didn't really, I didn't have to change my driver's license. I didn't have to start paying new state housing taxes, which are things you never think about. Right. You just <laughs> you forget that these people's when they sign up to do this job. That they're like, hey, by the way, you're going to go live in Cincinnati now, which is not something you or I have to deal with. Yeah. Like, Harry, can you imagine if you got traded for another podcaster and that podcaster lived in Tampa Bay and you just had to move to Tampa Bay and leave Eric and everything behind and just go? That would be quite the nightmare. And of all places, sending me to Florida, that's pretty brutal. Florida, we'll get into that in a little bit. Florida uh, uh, is like uh, the capital of crazy right now. <laughs> especially. Yeah, exactly. Um, so they're doing some interesting things. Another thing we've seen is NBA players are doing a horse contest. So just ways to stay active right. and upbeat and whatnot. And the internet right now is undefeated. So everybody in the world has a phone, basically a mini computer in their pocket at all times. And they can create any sort of content they want, put it out into the world. And the internet will just kind of swarm it and spit it out if it's that good. And we're seeing a lot of athletes really do that we saw a dodgers pitcher named joe kelly was was filming himself warming up and trying to learn a new pitch he was taping it so he could go back and watch it and instead he caught himself throwing a pitch it went so poorly it went through his own window in his backyard (laughs) so that's i guess how we're staying positive is we're seeing that these people are very human yeah for sure 
so I guess going along with that, so we know that these athletes have a very tedious schedule and game plan in terms of staying healthy and staying active and keeping fit for when the season actually does happen. So how are they able to do that when maybe they don't have access to the facilities they are accustomed to using while the season is going on that they do not have right now? That is a very interesting variable in all of this. We saw a couple of teams that were ready, were basically preparing for this opening day. And about a week before opening day, Major League Baseball decides that we should we should do with the same thing the NBA did and we did and we should play we should press pause. Yeah. And you saw a couple of teams, our team, the New York Yankees was one of them where they just stayed in, at the facility as a, as a unit. So which was ironic up, because they were the first team to get hit with coronavirus. Which is extremely ironic. So, yeah. you know, it, it's it's hilariously ironic, but it was interesting to see how many teams decided to stay put for now. And then since then, they have all disbanded and gone right. back to their homes. Because I think as a country, we, when this happened, we thought this is probably going to be about a two to four week adventure right and now we have no idea what that timeline looks like so eventually everybody went back to home how do they train i mean it's a great question in theory baseball is all about stop and go motions and mobility yeah so in a lot of sports you know football is all is all about being in football shape you can get into football shape in theory somewhere else in basketball you can shoot a basketball from your home a lot of these players have home courts Baseball, nobody can have a full field right. just ready to go. Right. So baseball is the toughest one, I think, to, to do that. Right. As far as the three or four major sports, I guess in hockey, you don't have an ice rink right now yeah. just ready to go. But in, in baseball especially, there's no simulation for the stopping and going that you're going to face at insert any position. And in theory, pitchers have it best because your one job is to do the same thing a hundred times in a game, throw the ball the exact same way. So hopefully you can just do that against the wall or in your backyard or something. But baseball will really need the warm-up period. Yeah, and that's going to be so interesting too because when this all started, I mean, spring training was really coming to a close. I mean, it was we were already in, in progress with spring training. So I think the question is when, if and when baseball does resume, how much of that preparation period are they actually going to get? Or is this going to be a thing where they just throw them on the field in already what will probably pretty extreme circumstances and say, no, like we're when you guys get back to work, like we're starting the season because we're already running low on time. Absolutely. And baseball is the only sport where their extended preseason is extremely needed. Yeah. In baseball, you need 30 days just to go through the motions and get ready to go. A casual fan on the outside might look at that and go, you play 162 games. Why do you need 30 to warm up? Well, 30 is how you get to 162. In basketball, you probably need two, three weeks yeah. And you could, you could get back going and, and get back into basketball shape. Football doesn't seem like their timeline. They'll have less extended mini camps. In baseball, the advantage I think where baseball has this best is if they started up, let's call it in three weeks. Yeah. And we gave them three to four weeks to warm up again in Arizona and Florida all over again. What they could do is still host an, a long season. There's complications with how you adjust the schedule because in baseball, the schedule comes out the season before. So while they're wrapping up 2019, you know the schedule for 2020, which doesn't happen in a lot of sports. So baseball will have to completely abandon that basically and just see how many games can we really push through here. 
the good news about baseball is that because it's such a long schedule and because there's 162 games, if we last another three months, let's call it in this, and then we need a month to start up, well, hopefully you could still probably get somewhere close to 100 games in there. Yeah. And baseball's real test is it's not who's better today or tomorrow. It's are you better for the duration? And I think 100 games is still that test. Yeah. There's also a lot of people – I don't agree with this, and Harry, jump in after this and tell me about it, but there's a lot of people that want a shorter season. Right. I don't I don't necessarily want that, but here's a chance to prove that that might actually be the best model. I, I think it's the only chance to kind of prove that without it, you know, really being in full effect. Um, it's This could be that trial run for that, but I agree with you. I mean, I think there's always going to be this thing where if we do have a shortened season this year – you know, and we do end up with our champ, people are going to say, well, is it the same since they played less games and didn't play the season the same exact way we usually do? So I think that that would be an ongoing question people would always be asking if we do play the season that way. But is it worth it for us to get baseball in this year and have another champ? Maybe. I mean, it's it's kind of one of those yin-yang type of questions. Yeah, I think the very basic form of all this the the popular opinion that i think most americans will take is if we get anything we're happy if i get a three game baseball season it's not the same but at this point with these extenuating circumstances i'll take it now i gotta say we have three really big names in baseball that made some major decisions a couple months ago that at the time people were really freaking out about and i have to say i don't think it could have been um, the decision couldn't have been made at a better time. And that is Noah Syndergaard, Luis Severino, Chris Sale, all Tommy John surgery, all decided this a couple months ago. And I think now everyone's looking at it and saying, you know, we might not even be playing baseball this year. I mean, they really couldn't have had this surgery at a better time. So I think for guys like that, that decision actually paid off. And The question I have for you is for any other pitcher who might be in that circumstance where maybe they were considering the surgery, but were leaning towards no because they, you know, they know the dangers of having that surgery. Do you think that maybe now they should consider it? Yeah. And I think how all sports are really going to work is everything is a cause and effect. Okay, so if baseball starts to see. Like these are three very good pitchers that are top tier pieces of their franchise that now have to have a major elbow surgery. And if you start to see a lot of players defer and go, all right, well, I'm going to do it now because I don't even know if we're going to have a team. I don't even know if we're going to have a season. I don't know if I can even have something to fight through. I might as well go under the knife now. I think if you see baseball do, if, if baseball sees a lot of popular players do that, it could lead to a decision of, all right, well, this will impact how we schedule, how many games we play, how many games we don't play. But just like everything in in how these leagues are trying to figure out what will work and what won't, everything's going to be a cause and effect. Every league individually is going to look at, all right, this is the trend that we're having. All right, we're not going to be able to make this work. Or, you know what, this, this trending in this direction, okay, we will be able to make this work. But that certainly doesn't help baseball. That, that three players basically said I was going to play hurt, but now instead I'll just, I'll just go under the knife. It's fine. Yeah. 
Uh, okay, so one more thing. So when it comes to baseball, we have some really interesting transactions that occurred in the offseason. For example, uh, hometown favorites over here in L.A., the Dodgers made a very big trade and acquired Mookie Betts earlier a couple months ago. And this delay should have a pretty big impact on that trade because it all has to do with service time. And as you were telling me earlier, is it a likely possibility that we could see Mookie Betts in a different uniform when we actually resume baseball if we don't see baseball this year? Yeah, so here's a very interesting piece of how this news and a possible delay affects the business behind baseball. So how, how this works is when, when Major League Baseball players get when they get promoted from the minor leagues to the main leagues, there's basically a ticker that, that happens. It's called service time, where every day that you're on the, the active major league roster, you're accruing this thing called service time. Once you have had five years of service time, you have basically fulfilled your duties as that team's player, and you can now enter free agency. And that's essentially how, quote, service time works. So what the very interesting part that we're seeing is – what baseball has decided that they'll do is to measure service time. If 2020 is canceled, they will just repeat the same amount of time for quote service time as they did in 2019. So basically if a guy in 2019 played an entire year and got service time for that and baseball just cancels 2020, he'll get that same year. And then if a guy played 30 days, so there's a Dodger prospect that's going to be the wrong side of this, if that happens, who is hoping to cure that five years as quick as possible so he can get paid and right. longer than one. And, and when you're a free agent, you can sign for as long as you want, as little as you want, with whoever you want. So that player is going to get robbed because he only had 26 days in 2019. Uh, if 2020 is canceled, he'll only get 26 or 29 days, whatever it was that year. So that's the interesting part. The the What Harry's alluding to is the Dodgers made a trade for a former MVP from the Boston Red Sox named Mookie Betts. And he, when they made the trade, the Dodgers gave up a lot of assets and took on a lot of financial risk to do this already. Well, he only has one year on his deal when they got him pre-COVID. So under the guidelines of what you did in 2019 will count in 2020. If we don't have a 2020, they used up the entire year for that player, and he never played a game. So then there's complications. Uh, basically what it means is the Dodgers would either have to let him go, and they basically traded a bunch of things for nothing, or they'd have to just pay him immediately and try and work out some large extension. But these are the kind of cosmic significances that we see in very little things of, of COVID. And it's to be expected it's happening in business when you pause a business for – however long, three months, like these are the things that happen. Yeah. And this is one of the very interesting business pieces that's happening with the Dodgers. Yeah. All right. Well, I feel like we covered baseball pretty well, but I guess my last question with baseball is, you know, obviously this with what's going on, things are very unpredictable right now, but in, in your best opinion, when do you see baseball returning? Most likely. I, I think it all obviously depends on, until we hear it from the league or we hear it from the, the city and the country saying, all right, we're, we're clear. The CDC says, hey, we're going to start loosening some of these. It, it's hard to really tell. I feel really good about baseball still having a season. In you some you think there will be a season? I feel really good about the MLB and the NFL just because of where they are timeline-wise. 
football hasn't started yet. Football technically won't start for another five months. So yeah. I feel okay about that. I feel yeah. okay about us being able to return to somewhat normal in five months. You won't have all the same like precautions you do beforehand, like the extended training camps and the preparation, but at least we'll have something. And because baseball got shut down right at the start, I think we'll eventually get to something. It's these leagues, the NBA and the NHL, unfortunately the two leagues I work in, that are a little bit very, very gray, murky waters. Because right. They were at the end, end of the, the season. season. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, so let's kind of jump into that. So it seems like the NBA is doing a little bit more, maybe if for any reason other than the fact that they were almost at the end of the season, but they're doing a little bit more in terms of allowing the fans to still get to watch some type of basketball. But what is the NBA doing to try to resume the season if they have any ability in that and if not, what are they doing to keep basketball on the TV? Yeah, I think Adam Silver, the NBA commissioner, is probably the best commissioner in sports because he has been really active and creative in trying to find ways to keep the NBA alive. Present. Yeah. So one of the things was he had a couple of the players do an NBA 2K tournament where they were playing video games against each other, and then those highlights were on SportsCenter. So at least now there's something. And again, yeah. nothing is going to be the same as watching LeBron James and Kawhi Leonard actually play a game. Yeah. But if you can see him in video game form for now, you know what? That'll work. Um, he's also done some things with – he's gone with each local broadcast and done some of their top moments. So the late, the other night the Lakers were, were replaying the 2009 and 2010 NBA Finals. And the teams on their social media platforms were following along and actually live tweeting it. And it was very interesting. So end of the third quarter, the score is this to this as if it was a real game. So in some ways, that's just practice for when this gets back together. But in others, it's just a nice way of let's just use something. So Adam Silver's done a very good job of that. The NBA has also been the active leader in trying to find solutions. And again, I think the overall theme of this is that there is no perfect solution. Right. There's going to be a lot of gray area. But one of the solutions they were the first league to throw out was, why don't we use a bubble city? You know, one of the coolest parts about the NBA is the city camaraderie that goes behind you being the Los Angeles Lakers or the Boston Celtics and the way that Boston and Los Angeles rally around that. But if we can't have that and we just need games in general, we just want to crown a champion what if we use the middle ground like the super bowl uses a neutral site right what if the rest of the season when we're able to return to then do this safely what if we just use the bubble city so las vegas has been thrown out there because they are a active partner with the nba they do a lot of the preseason and the summer league activities so what if we just did that same format or that same idea to finish out the rest of the season. So the NBA was the first to really throw that idea out. The NHL has thought of has now thrown out basically the exact same thing and baseball has too. So baseball has some contingency plans where they could play entire seasons in Florida and Arizona basically while we ride this out. So only playing in one stadium, no fans, limit contact, but it at least gets things going. Baseball basketball has offered the same thing in Las Vegas and then hockey has had cities reaching out to them saying, hey, we would love to be your host city. So apparently Grand Forks, North Dakota and Manchester, New Hampshire have been putting in real bids to the National Hockey League saying, if you need a neutral site, we would love to be your neutral site. 
which is another very like random and interesting part of this is cities that would have never seen real action now all of a sudden get a chance. So yeah. there would never be an expansion team in Manchester, New Hampshire, I wouldn't think. But what if New Hampshire does a really good job of hosting this and then another team comes about? They do another expansion. Would they think about New Hampshire? Possibly. I I was I was reading something really interesting that actually ESPN published today that was saying that the uh there is a new plan that the NBA players would receive 25% less in paychecks starting May 15th. Um, there's going to be a pretty big reduction in a couple weeks. But I'm, I'm a little ahead of myself here. I guess it's a month away still. Um, they would receive their full paychecks on May 1st, um, and then it kind of comes into play after that. Um, do you kind of see more of this happening around all other sports, or do you think that this is, this is kind of in play since the season was kind of coming to an end? Yeah, I mean, I think teams and leagues are going to continue to throw out dates of, hey, this is what this is where we're trending to and we will revisit at this time. Again, the NBA was kind of the front leader in that. They were the first to say, hey, we're going to pause for 30 days and then we'll revisit. So what we know as of now, so this we're recording this podcast the afternoon of April 17th. What we know is the NBA has said there's no drop dead date. There's no date that we're going to say, all right, if we don't get by this point, we're we're calling it but they'll continue to push it forward and so as of right now their their revisit date is may 1st and then they have the nba paychecks date until may 15th and the nba draft is apparently still scheduled for june 25th so they're going to continue to to monitor this to see like where the country is at but at least they're moving forward you know the mls actually until two days ago or as of tuesday they had a date of we're going to be back on may 12th that was their date of saying, we're going to give the people some hope. We're going to have a goal to, to, to trend to. We're going to be back on May 12th. And obviously, as things progress and it didn't get better as we thought maybe it would, yeah. they'll continue to push that. But at least there's a plan in place. And that's what I think you're still going to see a lot of. And at least it's something to work towards. I feel a lot better as an employee of the NBA by them saying, hey, May 1st, we're going to see where we're at versus, uh, I don't know. yeah 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 imagine if your boss whatever you do for a living came to you and went and you said hey is my job safe like what what's our plan here and they went uh i don't know you would you would lose it but if they went hey you know what we're not sure honestly we're we just don't know where the country's at but what we're gonna do is pick it up on this date we have a plan it sets this amazing precedent for the country it does where the the nba is once again just world class with this kind of stuff right i so to answer your question i do think more leagues will get proactive about having plans but being ready to pivot at a moment's notice when they know that all right the country hasn't caught up to this plan so let's readjust yeah okay so uh with the nfl season the farthest away from where we are right now do you think that the season will be able to start normally when we get to that point in the year? Um, obviously, with that being farther away than all these other sports that are trying to get it going as as soon as possible. Yeah, the the NFL has had probably the most productive off season where they've been able to, for the most part, keep business as usual because their season isn't in the thick of this. You're right. seeing teams still make trades. You're seeing teams make active decisions. Players can sign. Free agency is still around. And ticket sales are, are still going. Yeah. So in, in a lot of the cases with my job, 
I've been reaching out to other teams around the core five sports, baseball, hockey, basketball, football, and, and baseball, and seeing what are you doing for right now? Like, what are your sales efforts like? And the, the league that we find that's still the most active in trying to keep business around and, and basically business as normal is the NFL, which is a really good sign that ticket sellers are still selling tickets. Corporate partners are still making purchases and media buying opportunities. So that's promising. Uh, three days ago, Christian McCaffrey, who's a running back for the Carolina Panthers, actually signed a massive extension to he his did, contract, yeah. making him the, the highest paid running back in the history of the NFL. It's yeah. a four-year extension for $64 million, and that happened during all of this. So yeah. that's a really good sign that the NFL believes there is some kind of path for us, and it's at least just nice as a country to see some kind of business be able to just kind of go at at, at normal. At, at least there's that kind of silver lining that this business is just proceeding and they're able to to try and pretend like things are normal. So I feel like if anyone w w would know about this, it would be you. But, you know, uh, there are a lot of talks of, you know, when are we going to be able to get people back into stadiums at this point? Because right now we can't put people in stadiums. That's the main reason why we're not playing other than obviously the players as well. But... You know, what What do we do as the fans who like going to these – what do we do? What do the players do if they don't have the fans? But what would the sports world be like if we can't bring people into these stadiums? Harry, it's a great question, it, it, and I don't think anybody knows. And so for this disclaimer, so I'm an employee of AEG, Anschutz and, and Entertainment Group. So these opinions are strictly – my opinions, their guesses, their educated guesses, but they don't reflect yes. any sort of intel from the Lakers, the Clippers, the Kings, the LA Sparks, AEG, the Staples Center, any any of their entities. Yeah. And you know, I'm I'm a great person for you to ask. And we I'm like the general public, basically waiting on what the leagues say. Yeah. So the best advice I've gotten during this from some of my leadership is wait until it's the leagues telling you or the teams telling you. Because this country right now is just very much day by day. One day you wake up and you feel like things might be going back to normal, and then the next day you wake up and they're not. Yeah. So everything is so variable that unless, un unless a team or a league explicitly says it, it's really hearsay. So I wouldn't react hardcore to either direction until it comes directly from the source. So that's the best advice I can tell you is, you know, when are we going to get it? As soon as it's safe to do it. And yeah. I really, after everything the NBA has done thus far, I really wholeheartedly feel proud to be an employee of my teams and be an employee of the NBA based on the way they've handled this. Yeah. So I trust that as soon as it's safe, they're going to be at the forefront of saying, hey, we're ready to go and this is how we're going to do it. What it'll be like without fans is a very interesting point. So it's actually happening in the Chinese league. Right. Uh, they're playing games without fans, but they put mannequins in the stands, which is a very <laughs> interesting. Which I, I quite the touch them, right there. Yeah, which is isn't it funny? Like, what is the advantage of having a mannequin versus having nobody? It kind of feels like the video games, you know, where they have the fake crowds. Yeah, it really does. It kind of turns it into a horror movie, honestly. Don't you just want to see – I don't know if this is bad to wish, but don't you just want to see a foul ball? Hit a mannequin, <laughs> hit a mannequin. honestly. That's that's what I'm here for. Better a mannequin <laughs> than a real human. Yeah. Maybe that's um, how we keep the fans safe. We just put mannequins in the stands from now on. 
Harry, do you remember, it must have been, I'm going to try and look this up on the fly, but there was a time where the Baltimore Orioles, there were riots in the city of Baltimore, and the city deemed it unsafe to have a public gathering. So the Baltimore Orioles played a game in an empty stadium. Um, it was, a, it was all I remember, it was, it was Orioles-White Sox. It was at home in Camden Yards. It must have been like 2014, 2015. It was 2015. Yep, April 29th. And and how funny it was. I watched most of that game because the total attendance was literally the team employees. So yeah. the, the announcers were doing golf claps, yet there was a full game. So that could be some kind of test to how weird it would be. But it, again, it comes down to... I personally would rather have something than not be able to attend even my right. own team's games. Right. And I also think there is that possibility that, you know, I baseball is, I think, saying that if they do, in fact, play baseball this year, it's not going to be at each team's home stadium. There's going to be some central stadium that everyone is going to play in the same stadium. There's not going to be fans there. Uh, and, and they're going to kind of handle it that way. And I think that if we do see other sports getting played – in the next five, six months, I mean, that that's a likely situation for, for any type of sport because I just – I don't know how they're going to be able to bring, you know, 20,000 people near each other anytime soon with this going on. Well, it's a great point, Harry, because even if the CDC and, and trusted authorities say, all right, we're, we're starting to trend in the right direction and even if – imagine tomorrow they went, hey, we're good. Everybody can go back to normal. There's still going to be a high amount of population that's going to go – I'm a little uneasy about going into a 20,000 person stadium or football, which is there are football stadiums that can host 90,000 people. Right. Um, SoFi stadium that they're building in Los Angeles can host over a hundred thousand if they need it to. I do think there's going to be a lot, a lot of people that maybe are just a little uneasy about that for a little bit. There will be some kind of aftershock, but yeah, if, it's a little bit reassuring to me that these massive corporations like the five major sports think about things like that like obviously they want to sell tickets they want to make money everybody wants to make money they're a business but they're saying hey it's actually better for the country if we don't do this because it's better for your safety makes me feel a lot better that these five major brands are taking that kind of stance right rather than my selfish ass that just wants to go to a game (laughs) uh okay so i have one last question for you so what impact do you think this situation will have when we do return to sports um you know in the aftermath of this when we are actually playing sports again what impact do you think this will have do you think it will be good do you think it will be bad do you think it'll be a little bit of both do you think that sports are gonna evolve a lot when we do return and be very different or do you think that we'll kind of be able to return to normalcy hopefully relatively soon when this is over And my best guess is this, is that, you know, I look at a lot of the pandemics or let's call it national um, issues that we faced, like big catastrophes. I looked at I think back to 9-11 that you and I were both very young when this happened, but but also very affected by it. Mm -hmm. And you look back at what happened on the first couple of games back, the way that the Mets and Yankees essentially rallied the world right to back to some kind of normalcy when they played after baseball stops for a while um just because of all this you know so it felt like that's that's really the effect i think that that it'll have the impact when they return will be a rallying point i sure hope 
but I really think that they'll kind of be a pivotal part to starting to feel normal again when when we are allowed back in stadiums. The, you know, the, the one thing I'll say on this too is there's a lot of negativity out there just right now because there's a lot of, if we're being completely frank, there's a lot to be negative about. And it seems like everything that comes out from the president or the commissioner of this league or some health official or Mark Cuban comes out and speaks, we kind of tend to hang on every word. Okay, so right now, every every teardrop's a waterfall. So when this gets back and it's a massive waterfall, I do think it will have this giant wave effect where when when we're hanging on all these things that might happen, when something does happen, I can see a massive rally just behind people. And I also think people that don't watch sports will probably tune in just because, you know, it's it's back. It's it's a chance to be normal again. So I sure hope that's what that's what sports do. But um, yeah, I hope everybody just kind of hangs tight for now and and understands that we'll all get through this. And and listen, if sports can rally through this, we all can. For sure. All right. Well, it's time to wrap it up. So I each episode I like to do a little put in in a good word and share some good news to uh, make everyone's spirits rise. Uh, so today's put in in a good word is ESPN is giving us a pretty nice gift to the sports deprived public right now. Uh, what is going to be happening is starting on May 17th or sorry, starting uh, every Sunday until May 17th. Um, and over the next five weeks, we're going to be getting a 10-part docuseries called The Last Dance about the rise of Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls. Um, specifically, it'll highlight the 1997-1998 season when the team won its sixth championship and brought uh, one of the most dominant reigns in modern sports history um, to the forefront. And so that originally was not scheduled to be starting to air until June, probably because the NBA wanted to promote it during the playoffs and the NBA finals. But now with that not really in sight, uh, they are moving the premiere up until April 19th, which I believe is in two days. Yeah. So this Sunday, we're getting our first two hour long episodes, and we will be getting that every Sunday through May 17th. So we get this really cool docuseries a couple months early, which is really cool, and it should be a great docu-series. And for those who feel like they haven't been able to watch any type of sports lately on TV, definitely something worth checking out. And a cool thing that ESPN is doing when they didn't really need to do that, but they said, hey, if we're not going to be able to promote it during the NBA season, we might as well give it to the people now while everyone is needs their sports. It's a real Tiger King story. Exactly. Exactly. Like. From Tiger King to Michael Jordan. Just, it's casual. Now, Harry, the real question is, are you and Eric going to do a recap <laughs> of this Michael Jordan series like you did with Tiger King? Because I think the Tiger King podcast you did was probably the best podcast I've ever listened to in my life. So uh, wow. Thank you. do it, like if, if I want to hear anybody recap it, it's probably you. You know what? We will look into it. We will look into it. Um, I, I'm not sure if Eric knows who Michael Jordan is. I might be doing him a huge disservice here, but we Uh-oh. might do it. We might do it. <laughs> thanks <laughs> for having me, man. Really, really Thanks for coming, Brock. I really appreciate it. Um, thank you all for tuning in. Uh, stay tuned because I have some really cool episodes coming up. Uh, I'm going to have a special guest on that's going to talk about comedy writing and how to write a funny joke for those of you who want to get into that 
I also have an episode coming up. Uh, this is kind of the time of the season right now where everyone is dyeing their hair because I think we're all going crazy, including myself. I have pink hair right now. So I'm going to bring in a professional and we're going to talk a little bit about how to do that safely from home if you two are going crazy and want to dye your hair. Brock, do, you, do we have some green hair in your future maybe? I, I'm not saying no. I'm open-minded. <laughs> Um, nothing has changed as of now. I did grow a quarantine mustache and then, and then shaved that. So I don't know. The, the sky's the limit. All right. There you go. Um, so stay tuned for that, everyone. Uh, thanks for tuning in and, uh, hang in there and I will see you next time.